How about you sing it with me? Welcome to Curious Church Podcasts. Thanks for we're back. Well, we are back. We are back. Better than ever. Better than ever. Stronger, faster, smarter. Leaner, meaner. Leaner, meaner. What does that actually mean that we're back? Like, where where were we? Well, we are all over the place. Well, that's the mystery of it. Yeah. We were. We scatter about in the, to the winds, <laughs> and then we re- <laughs> And then we're back. Yeah. Just imagine the person who binge, we're back. binge listens to our podcast and just like every episode. We're back. Like, I, just, I just finished the last one. You never went anywhere. Yeah. I think people who listen are probably like, oh, they, they hang out together all the time. They go grocery shopping together. They all sleep in the same three-person bed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should say thank you. We, we had talked about this before the podcast, but we should say thank you to a, a couple people. And we reached kind of a milestone in our podcast, which is we've oh. had, we just crossed the... 100,000 download. Is it 100,000? No, no, not 100,000. <laughs> I was really impressed. 1,000. Oh, oh 1,000. We're 1%. We're, of yeah, we are the 1% <laughs> of 100,000 downloads. <laughs> we're kind of like the 1% if you think yeah, about it. Yeah, if you look at it that way, we're yeah. kind of the cream of the crop because we haven't got 99%. Yeah, of the 100,000. So we, so we just, that's huge for us. That is huge. So thank you. You know, our goal is to get a million, <laughs> which we hope to do Obviously. in the next ten years. Oh, then we'll stop. And then we'll stop. Yeah. That's our that's our that's our goal. If you know someone who you think, hey, you know, my neighbor might like this podcast, you should tell them about it. We really want this podcast to spread like a virus. Infecting everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, causing an apocalyptic like scenario. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a good virus, like uh, like a chickenpox vaccine. Yeah, is that something? Yeah, it's like chickenpox. So like mostly mostly dead. That just helps immunize you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we're like dead dead virus. (laughs) I think of this podcast more like head lice. You know, one kid shows up at class. He's got head lice. Doesn't tell anyone. The next thing you know, everyone in the class has shaved heads. Yeah, everyone's right? scratching. Everyone's their, scratching. Yeah. Everyone's itching. Everyone's got head lice. Mm-hmm. You're sending kids home early from school. Mm-hmm. Like that. So, yeah. pa- so pass it along. Yeah. Like head lice. That is like a truly virus. beautiful. I mean, the podcast, like, there's three of us, but there's lots more people that are kind of part of now the Curious Church podcast, dare I say, community community who are thinking and listening and probably having their own thoughts and some of you are actually telling us your thoughts yeah first shout out goes to a person who's been emailing us <clears throat> at the curious church at granitesprings.org email chuck black yeah multiple emails yep you get the spamming award yeah <laughs> good job chuck thanks chuck <laughs> i think last episode we actually said what books have influenced you or shaped you and Chuck actually responded. He told us Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God by Brian Zond. That was his recommendation. So thanks for not only sending us random feedback, but actually targeted yeah. feedback. He's contributing to our book list. The yeah. Curious Church. Oh, we should have a Curious Church book club, like Oprah's book club. 
That'd be kind of cool. Be like influential, uh, yeah, literary people. We can start with the book I picked last week because I know everyone's really eager to read it. (laughs) Heavenly Participation, Weaving of a Sacramental Tapestry. I'd like to read that. Yeah. Thanks, Sam, for saying that. That Any other thank yous? Uh, Then we just got a bunch of people. You know, every now and then on the podcast, we have plugged go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And people have actually done it. We have almost all awesome. five-star reviews, but I just want to just want to give a little shout-out, first of all, to Beagle Pig. Thank you, Beagle Pig. <laughs> yeah. It's not a joke, but Beagle Pig said it was uh, that they found the podcast delightful in its humor oh. and lightheartedness, and yet it gives a cup of spiritual caffeine each time. Thanks, oh. Beagle Pig. That's really kind of you. That's that was good. One of my I'm trying to picture like a beagle that looks like a pig or a pig that looks like a beagle. What yeah, is it? Do you I think? don't know which way. Maybe Beagle Pig can weigh in. Email us and tell us how. Yeah, we send us a picture of Beagle Pig. That that is actually Beagle one of my Pig. favorite thing about <laughs> Did <I say> Beagle. <laughs> Beagle. That's one of my favorite things about Apple Podcasts. It's like these like usernames that I think people might have picked a long time ago, and now it's just linked to their account. So yeah. when they leave, and now they're like a CEO feedback. of a company, right. like but like emails those like this Pig, one yeah. Hod Hodkey Seven C Zero said that Curious Church is a ton of fun. Gives you some insight into the church as well. That's good, nice feedback. No kidding. That's thank cool. You. So thank thanks you, to people Hod, who have thank you, Hodkey C seven zero. Thank you. Like yeah, right. we should call all our fans Beagle Pig, <laughs> Beagle Pigs, <laughs> like Beagle be, Pig like, Nation, like Bieber Beagle fans Pig or Beliebers. <laughs> this is what you get for getting in early on the review uh, on the ground yeah. floor of reviewing. Yeah. You get things named after you. Yeah, yeah. you get branding rights. Yeah. We could we could be podcasting from the Beagle Pig Memorial Studio. <laughs> well, hopefully not Memorial. No. Like we don't we don't know who the person is, but that's kind of dark. <laughs> Beagle Pig, we hope you have a Beagle, long Beagle studio and flourishing yeah. life. Yeah. Awesome. Well, okay. Thank any you. The, thank you. Oh, who gave us the four stars? How do oh, we? Uh, yeah. How do we? I think you know who Sam. Yeah, I know this person. You know who you are out there. <laughs> I know you're listening. Maybe that person, you know, that person tends to be honest. That's a terrible quality. To have in a <laughs> that is not what we're looking for in Apple Podcast reviews. <laughs> Maybe she, he, or she was trying to just keep it real. You know, if it yeah, was all yeah. five stars, it yeah. would start to look a little fishy. It would. But uh, you know, if it's averages four point something, yeah. that's maybe. Well, we're going to be honest. They were trying to drag us down, but Apple Podcast averages up. So oh, we're still, oh, we're still nice five stars. <laughs> Take that. Take that. Nice try. Well, to all our Beagle Pig fans out there, uh, you know, think about giving us a three and then bump it up by two stars. <laughs> If there's another podcasting team out there and they're doing a segment on beefs, that they would have maybe, maybe we would be the subject of one of their beefs. I don't think we've ever called out another podcast. Oh, one this, is a time to, this is the no, time. No, to but start. I'm saying that like we live in a crowded world. Maybe we're, maybe you, Matt, were some, maybe don't, you don't were, maybe you, on me. <laughs> don't put this on me. I like chicken and turkey with cheddar. I like a tofu burger, but bacon is better. So what's your beef? All right. So what is your beef? All right. Here's my beef today. My beef is, I don't want you to picture, I don't want you to picture this, but I sometimes spend time in the sauna at the gym and 
The sauna for me. Wait, is, I have a question. <laughs> is this? I have my clothes on. No, that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second question. <laughs> my first question is: Is it one of the like a wood panel yes. thing, or is it a steam room? No, like no, a tile. I, I go in the dry sauna. The dry There's sauna. The, yeah. There's the one that's pumping out the steam. Yeah. I don't do that one. Okay. Hmm, I do okay. the dry one with the wood. Where do you go to? I would not like to disclose <laughs> my location. But there is one listener out it's there Calfe. who knows what I'm talking about because I've seen him in there. Oh, really? Yep. You didn't go together. A Granite Springs member who I've seen in the sauna. Does Granite Springs have a secret sauna? There is no secret sauna. But it's okay. part of our building upgrades. We yeah. like to... Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's my beef. The sauna is meant to be a place of relaxation. You're supposed to sit there... And you're supposed to just sweat. You just sweat out the toxins. You relax. You may have a conversation quietly with someone that you came in with, like your friend. But unfortunately, people don't see it that way. And every once in a while, and what's kind of interesting is it's usually younger guys. It's like they don't know how to relax in there. So they'll bring in like weights into the sauna. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're like lifting weights. When you like, say younger, what do you mean? Like high school, kind of 20s. But you'll see like, so it's like, so you're trying to like, for me, I'm trying to relax in there. And then some some dude comes in. And this is, yeah, some dude comes in and he's like lifting weights. And that's uh, uncomfortable for you because you feel like you probably need to compete with him. So you you then go and get weights, right? Yeah, I do feel that. Yeah. Yeah, you but feel that's that pretty age. tough. Yeah, but there should be a minimum age requirement for saunas. Yeah, sometimes people bring like their little kids in there. Uh, it's kind of weird, yeah. and then like, but they only stay in for like a minute, so it's like they open the door, let all the heat out. Oh, right. And then their kids like, it's hot, dad, and then they leave like a minute later, and then let out more. Yeah, hot air, right? Right. So the other, so they're lifting weights. Sometimes they're doing push-ups. <laughs> yeah, they're on the floor, and everyone's like, you know, you just have people on the benches, like sitting there, yeah. enjoying the sauna, and then some dude is like doing push-ups on the floor. Weird. So I, that's an, that. I mean, it's just a, to their credit, that's a remarkable amount of self-confidence. If you have an audience just watching you <laughs> and you're just like, you know what? This is the space where I'm going to show like I can push myself up off the ground multiple times. Like that's some real like self-confidence. They're yeah. going to go far. They're going to go far. That's the next sure. Steve Jobs probably. My beef is, um, so there's many wonderful elements of our modern technical age, one of which is um, software that allows all kinds of businesses to take credit cards, like Square, like lots of businesses use this, right, which is a great thing, no beef with Square. But I do have a beef with part of that kind of interface, increasingly, and it happens a lot, particularly at coffee shops, which I don't really frequent, but when I do, this is my beef, it's the fact that they slide your card, spin the thing around to you, you know, so you can yeah, sign or whatever. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, that part's fine. You can select what you want your receipt to do, but there's always the part where there's the tip page. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I always feel guilty because I have to parse out in that moment, do I tip this person who's really doing nothing except taking my order mm. or do I not? And I kind of feel like they they aren't worthy of a tip in that in that situation. Ooh. Like they're good people, but 
Like, I don't need to make my $5 beverage a $6 beverage for them to spin the thing to me and me to work out what I want to do my receipt with. But then I feel guilty because I have to then click that little 0%. So here's what happened one day when I was at Chondo's, which is a local yeah. Mexican food. She, as she spun the thing, she tapped no tip for me. I hadn't told her. Oh, nice. And talk about just the goodwill that welled up in my heart. I probably would have tipped her if I'd then had the option. Unfortunately, she tapped no tip, so she didn't get that. But in that moment, I was like, oh, thank you so much. I didn't say that out loud. I I thought it. Thank you so much for helping us avoid. And in that moment, that's when I realized how much angst that moment always creates for me. I haven't encountered these in a while, but we were on a vacation uh, in July, and we were, found ourselves at a lot of like little, like food court, like airport food courts, or like little like beach, um, like hot dog, you know, little hot dog stand kind of places. And it reminded me of something I've hated for a long time, even since I was a young lad, just learning how to be angry at the world. This thing has annoyed me so. Picture you've got, you just finished like, you just had like a hot dog at a hot dog beach place. You've got like a paper tray and then you got like a plastic tray that had your fries and stuff. And you go to throw everything away Mm -hmm. and you go to the trash can and it's one of these like, um, picture like R2-D2, like, but then it's like (laughs) a domed head and then there's a flap yeah, 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 yeah. That's spring loaded. Yeah, to push everything back at you <laughs> that you're trying to throw away. Who thought this is a good idea? And why are they everywhere? Because then you have to touch the. If you have to touch the trash can <laughs> to throw your trash away, it's a poorly designed trash can. I agree. So I would. So I'd. So I used to like try, like like a pinky knuckle to try and push it open, and this and then I, so I I got to this hot dog stand. That's why I never touch your pinky knuckle. <laughs> you probably didn't know that, but I got to I, this. I, I purposely avoid it. I finished costs. my meal. I put. I was gonna like put the thing. I'm like, oh great, it's a spring loaded. And this was. I don't know if it was like extra. Like they just replaced the springs because they really felt adamant that they didn't want things to be thrown away in this trash can. They and the trash can designed they to push you to think about your choices. That's what it is. Like this. This time, I'm not touching anything. I took the tray and then I tried to kind of do it yep. really fast and push <laughs> with the tray into the opening, and a little packet, little little, little tub of ketchup, spit back at me. <laughs> Landed on my leg, and then I got ketchup all down my leg, <laughs> just because I wanted to throw it away. We've been doing a little segment called My List. Are you feeling listless? Here, have my list. It's been a huge hit with our <laughs> piglet fans, big old piglets. <laughs> they love this. They love this segment. We love it. Beagle Pig did not tell us any particular segment, <laughs> but go ahead. We seriously, we cannot say Beagle Pig anymore. That's it's done. <laughs> it's just done for the day. I don't think so. <laughs> it was kind of charming, but now we're at the low spot where it's all right. Not all cool you anymore. Biggle Piglets, <laughs> Beagles. Aaron is the one who's always trying pigs, to rein us in. All you pig, bee pigs out there are bee pigs. Uh, okay, so we, you know, there's a little bit of conflict last night. We were texting each other, and we were like, whose turn is it? And then we realized we had all done it twice. Mm-hmm. 
So then it was my turn because I started off with five green things. My favorite mm, yeah. top five green things. So I thought about doing my top five, my top favorite, five favorite red things, but I didn't do that. Okay. Instead, I'm going to do this. Are you ready for this, people? Yep. Are you ready? Yep. My five favorite sweet treats. Ooh. Okay. My top five favorite sweet treats. Yep. Number one being my f- most favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Number five is my least favorite, but it's on the top five. I mean, so it's like the least favorite of my most favorite. Okay. <laughs> here we go, people. Literally everyone knows how this list works. Okay. Just in case there's any confusion. Okay, here we go. Number Hang on. five. Okay, so you're doing five things. Five top favorite. Do you hate the fifth thing? No, I love it. But it's my but least. I thought you loved the first thing. Well, it's my least favorite of my most favorite. I'm not sure I understand, but continue. <laughs> okay, here we go. Number five. My five favorite sweet treats. Number five. What's the list? My five favorite sweet treats. Number five. Cocoa Krispies. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cocoa sugary cereals. Krispies. Cocoa Krispies. I have, a, I have a weak spot for those things. Man, I got yeah. two boxes in the pantry right now. One is two like. Two boxes? Yeah, one is half eaten and the other one's ready to go. <laughs> just, just on deck. It's on deck. Ready to sub in at a moment's notice. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> how, how quickly will you go through that box? <laughs> I can probably get three massive bowls out of a box. Okay, wow. milk? Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, cashew milk, believe it cashew or not. Cashew milk? Yep. You weirdo. Well, then I get, uh, I get a little gassy with... Uh, with uh, Lactose? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Glad I asked. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. I've never heard of cashew milk. That could be a whole thing. Cashew milk's good, but... the. We're not talking about cash. We're talking about Cocoa Krispies. Okay. okay. And uh, the great thing is they uh, afterwards you can drink the milk. So now we're talking about milk. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about cashew milk. Yeah. Immediately right. went back to cashew milk. Okay. Chocolate milk is the kind of the final touch. It's like, whoa, that was a great snack. And now I have another snack that I wasn't even anticipating. Chocolate but it's milk. Like, but chocolate milk. Chocolate cashew milk. So you kind of have a two for one here. <laughs> you do. Number five is really two And uh, the nice thing about Cocoa Krispies is, unlike other chocolatey breakfast cereals, Cocoa Krispies won't destroy your the top of your mouth. Like Cocoa, oh, Cocoa, Puffs, Cocoa Puffs will destroy your mouth. Yeah, I know what you because mean. Because you end up chewing a bunch of them with like... You know what else is brutal? Captain Crunch. Kind of similar, oh, texture. similar texture. Both, yeah. both like the regular Captain Crunch and the Crunch Berries both just tear you up. <laughs> just brutal. <laughs> but you can't stop eating them. That's the terrible yeah, thing. No, like you no know way. that you're chewing up your mouth. Yeah. It's like probably bloody in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Number four. This one's a delight. Junior Mints. Mm. Yeah. They are good. Yes. They come on. First of all, they come in a square box, which is pretty cool. Well, it's not square. It's rectangle. But it is a box. It's not like a packet, like an M&M package. It's like a box. It comes in a box. Okay. <laughs> and um, they're just delicious. Chocolate, mint. And the best thing you can do with them is put them in the freezer. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Put them in the freezer. Mm. Let them get nice and cold. And then just take out one or two. And it's just mm. this great little after dinner treat. Uh, number three. <laughs> number three. <laughs> The Magnum Bar. Ooh. Wow. Have you had a Magnum Bar? What kind? Well, there's all kinds of Magnum Bars. That's, but that's literally why I asked the question. 
<laughs> I used to get some sort of form of like vanilla with, uh, you know, chocolate outside, crunchy, crunchy outside. Okay. okay. Caramel, caramel, caramel. Okay. Anyways, the Magnum bar is the most delicious ice cream bar you will ever have in your life. Yeah, real good. Yeah. It will, it's better than the Klondike bar. It's better than a crispy bar. Snickers ice cream bar. That's pretty good. That's really good. But okay. the, the Magnum, the Magnum ice cream bar is delicious. Not native to the United States. No. Is it European or yeah. Chinese? Is it Chinese? I first saw it in China when I was there. I don't think it's Chinese. I think it might be a British import. In Australia, they have them too. They're so, so good. They are very good. But it could be Europe. Never heard of it. Yeah. You well, need you're not a man of the world. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> they have oh. a distinctive stick shape too. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. they're kind yeah. of uh, like almost like a figure eight. Have you seen one in the United States? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're oh, yeah. in grocery stores yeah, I now. Yeah, just bought them. Oh, yeah. But I just have them okay. eating them. Give but that's like to try. last 10 years, Magnum bars. Okay, great. It. Yeah. Next time I'm going to bring Magnum bars. Oh, wow. So Love it. That, that is a sweet treat. Okay, number... Th- we should do a listener giveaway where we mail Magnum bars to whoever's the... So they just get them. They just completely melt <laughs> just it. Like a <laughs> pile like of a soup. Puddle of chocolate goo. Okay, here we go. Number two of my top five favorite sweet treats, donuts. And I'm talking all the donuts. <laughs> I'm not. Although I do particularly love a chocolate cake with chocolate frosting with chocolate sprinkles. Whoa. Double down, triple yep. down. Triple Which down. I call, I've named this donut the Midnight Chandelier. <laughs> Midnight Chandelier. Because the sprinkles remind me of crystals on a chandelier. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, last one. one here. Chocolate pudding. That's Chocolate a simple. Pudding. I mean, that's a relatively simple. Treat. Mix it up. Put yeah. it in a champagne, like a wine glass, like a f- really nice thing. Put it in the fridge. Let it set. Take it out. Do the whipped cream from a can. Not Cool Whip. Whipped cream from a can. That's surprising, number one, isn't it? All right, today we're going to be talking about uh, Sabbath. Well, the question is, should we still be practicing? Because my sense is that, in some sense, the answer is yes, because God tells us to. It's like one of the commandments, man. It is one of the commandments. So in some sense, it's like, yes, we should be practicing it. But my sense is that most Christians don't. Mm -hmm. And I don't know when that shift happened, because when I was growing up, Sabbath, Sunday for Christians, was still considered like a pretty serious thing. Mm -hmm. Like there were certain things we could or couldn't do on Sunday. We couldn't play with friends. We went to church and it was considered kind of a chill day. Like my mom didn't really cook a big meal. Like we maybe had like grilled cheese sandwich for dinner. Like it was just kind of a, it was a chill day. It was considered the day of rest. But I don't really see that happening as much anymore it just seems like i don't know if it's the invention of social media or the internet or whatever it is but it's kind of like we're on all the time like we're going things are happening and we might take like two hours or three hours or half a day Mm -hmm. and maybe kind of binge on netflix or something and we might say well i kind of i was chilling I chilled for like the afternoon. <laughs> That's my Sabbath. But we wouldn't even yeah. call it Sabbath. Yeah, We'd yeah. say I kind of was relaxing or I kind of laid low yeah. for a few hours, but then we're up up and going again. Yeah. 
I wonder if I wonder how much of it is related to just culturally North American, like a commerce-driven society. I mean, this seems obvious, maybe, but like if you're not working, you're not making money, and that's kind of what we like to do as North Americans. We like to produce things and work, and we like to work and work and work and. Uh, I think that's what's kind of picking up speed. I wonder if in other cultures or other parts of the world, they value, if not Sabbath by name, they have a better understanding of how to set aside time for it. I don't know, just a theory. Yeah, well, I think if I ask, if I ask most people, especially churchgoers, Christians, tell me about your Sabbath practices or tell me about your Sabbath day, most probably wouldn't know how to answer that mm-hmm. because taking a whole day hmm. is probably like just not, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Right. People say, I can't take a whole day. I have to do homework. I have to mow the lawn. I have to do this and this and this. Right. Not that those things aren't Sabbath-y, right? Like mowing your lawn or whatever. There used to be kind of strict ideas or strict thoughts about what you could or couldn't do, which never quite made sense yeah. to me. Like my mom growing up, they couldn't ride their bike. Hmm. Right. But they could read. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Right? That's, it's like... I know what you mean, though. There are those kind like, of why arbitrary... You, yeah, like, why couldn't you... Like, if the whole idea is to be quiet, well, you can ride your bike quietly. That would be so restful for most for a lot of people to be on their bike. Right. Yeah. But isn't some of the question not just, like, we're not just talking about rest, but we're talking about Sabbath. Yes. Right? So, like, I think often the... When we... Most of the time when I hear it talked about now, the way it's talked about is, like, synonymous with rest like people need more rest in their lives and if that's really what we're talking about really we're having a conversation about some kind of work-life balance mm. right where are you so you're distinguishing between sabbath and rest yeah i How? don't i don't i don't quite know maybe that's something we can explore yeah, but it seems yeah. like when we talk about sabbath like what what makes a particular kind of rest sabbath because obviously you can rest kind of any time does yeah. that mean you're just having a million sabbaths or what? The, what does like a well? Let me a holy Sabbath. Well, look let me like, let me read from Genesis two. Okay, here's just a few verses. This is when God's creating the earth and creation. He says, "Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in their vast array." And then verse two of chapter two: By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So there is something inherent about Sabbath and resting. Sure. I'm not saying they don't go together, but I'm saying often they're like, they're just identified as the same thing. So in other words, like, oh, if you take a break, then if you just extend a break, you're now Sabbathing. That doesn't seem quite right to me. Like Sabbath feels like it ha- it must have some, I don't know the answer to this, but it feels like it must have some quality that like sets it apart from the fact that we like sleep eight hours or however long a night. Like why isn't, why isn't my sleep when I'm not working, just like God didn't work, why is my sleep like not Sabbath? You know what I mean? Like what is it that makes that Sabbath? That's a great question. What do you think? No, I'm throwing it to you. <laughs> I asked the question. That's not fair. Well, here, so, so let me read another. Um, here's a couple of quotes from a couple of people, one of them being Henry Nouwen. And he says this, in general, we're very busy people. 
we have many meetings to attend, many visits to make, many services to lead. He's talking as a priest, but you can fill in the blank with your activities. He says, our calendars are filled with appointments, our days and weeks filled with engagements, and our years filled with plans and projects. There is seldom a period in which we do not know what to do, and we move through life in such a distracted way that we do not even take the time and rest to wonder if any of the things we say, think, or do are worth thinking, saying, or doing. Hmm. So that's interesting, I think, relating to my question, right? Because he's not, he's not just saying stop, right? There's a reflective nature to what he's suggesting. That this isn't a space where you just like, he's not saying we spend all of our lives doing, so we need some time of ceasing. He's saying one of the things that you, ironically, one of the things that you might actually do with Sabbath is have space to be reflective, which that's not, that's not organic, right? Like, so like if you just stop doing things, you don't necessarily organically start thinking about yeah. the things you say or do or think. That's right? right. That's like, that requires some kind of intentionality. So here's another quote from Eugene Peterson. He's talking about, he says, Sabbath is the biblical tool for protecting time against desecration. It is the rhythmic setting apart of one day each week for these two activities. He says, for praying and playing, the two activities for which we don't get paid, <laughs> but which are necessary for a blessed life. Playing and praying. Although I do get paid to pray. <laughs> <laughs> Your life is extra blessed. <laughs> And then here's, a, here's one last quote. This is from Rob Bell. Sabbath reminds us that our worth does not come from how hard we work or how good we are or how much we produce or what people think of us. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the idea of what some of these authors are trying to get, I mean, Henry Nouwen's talking about we live such distracted lives. Mm -hmm. So we need to actually take a day of the week to pause and to reflect about all that we say and do and produce and to think about the intention behind it or what's the purpose behind it, the deeper meaning behind our lives. So again, what Matt kind of said, this reflective, let's reflect on our lives, not let's, not let's just be human doings, just kind of doing stuff every day, but what does it mean to be? And what does it mean to do things with intentionality, with purpose, with, with meaning behind them? And then Eugene Peterson is kind of talking about practices, you know, these two things, playing and praying, which is really interesting because in our culture too, it's like playing is seen as something that kids do, mm -hmm. right? Go outside right. and play. Right. Have you ever said that to an adult? Let's go Hey, play. why don't you go outside and play for a while? <laughs> but, you know, as you get an adult, you kind of get more serious about your playing. So it's like we might go mountain biking or, you know, take up a hobby or something like that. And it's seen as a form of playing, but it's kind of more serious. It gets a little more intense, I think. We call it recreation. Yeah. Yeah. And we might combine it somehow with like exercising or kind of taking care mm -hmm. of ourselves. But playing for the sake of just playing... That's more helpful to me than, than thinking of it as like a time for reflection uh, because reflection also feels, maybe it's just me, but that also takes, that feels like effort. That doesn't, that feels almost, it's almost work. If I have to think, um, if I have to reflect on the things that I'm doing, <laughs> don't hold me accountable for <laughs> things that I say and do. Um, 
I'm not sure exactly where I'm going, but like if I'm, yes, if I'm on my mountain bike or uh, there's um, lots of things I can do that would, I like the idea of recreation, like where it's a chance to kind of renew, always be renewing your time and, and I, I mean, your week. I was going to say with Eugene Peterson's quote, I mean, he's talking about praying and I think, I think he's probably thinking the same thing that now it is, which is this reflective mm-hmm. um, considering or pondering of your life and its activities. But then Peterson adds this other element, which is playing, which is very, I think, active, which, you know, traditionally it was like Sabbath was seen as things you don't do. Uh-huh. So it's cease, cease from all these things. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. But Eugene Peterson is actually the day of Sabbath, the day of rest is actually a day to play and, and inherent in that is rest and relaxation. But why not ride your bike? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm wrestling with this a little bit because again, I w- are we too quick to equate like Sabbath and fun, right? Or is Sabbath and ease? Like, in other words, like Sabbath should be the day where it becomes the day where I get to do the things that I kind of want to do. And I get that like God longs for us to like enjoy and delight but is that like what is that all Sabbath is? Like, there's something about that. Maybe it, like I have my Puritan theology class from college running through my mind. Puritans get a bad rap. They took Purit. <laughs> they took Sabbath super seriously, right? Too and seriously. So, I mean, some people would say, but to some extent, like what they said is the reason behind all their rules. Like you wouldn't play games or you know nothing like that. No shopping certainly, and all this massive list. But the reason behind that was because they felt like it was a day of holy rest. So like when Sabbath began the night before a Sunday, like you begin like reading scripture and praying in preparation for worship the next day, like in preparation to come together, which is like not a, like you can't, I can't imagine a Puritan father saying to like his son, like, oh, now like Sabbath begins. So like go do whatever you want. No, it would be like, let's, let's come together and read scripture together because this is part but I think in the, in the spirit of like the Genesis passage, what we see God doing is God's hard at work every day. He's creating, he's busy, he's active, and, he's, and then he's saying, it's good, it's good, it's good. On the sixth day, it's very good when he creates man, men and women, human beings. And then it's like on the seventh day, he rests from all that work. And it's as if, I, I get the sense from the passage that then he sits back puts his arms behind his head, sits in his lounge chair and looks over all that he has made and thought, man, this is so cool. This is so very good. So then in some sense, he's enjoying it. So there has to, and I think that's what Peterson is getting in his quote a little bit is that the Sabbath is meant to be, there's an enjoyment element to it, which he's trying to get at with this idea of play. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, I mean, kind of what you're saying, like the Puritans kind of, I don't know, it got too, it's to to me, it seems too serious. Like there's still not that element of enjoyment and play. It became very, I don't know. It's like working at resting. It's like work, work, work. Now my seventh day, I'm going to work at resting. Like I'm going to really do my best job at resting. Yeah. But I doesn't feel like like even some of that though is like on the premise that that is not delightful. Right. So like there's some, like when you say God sits back and enjoys what he's created, well, God is also like with himself in a perfect way. So like our experience of Sabbath is always going to be different than like what we see in Genesis, I think. Like, because our call, like 
our most, when we are most fully ourselves, when we are most fully alive and most fully human, is when we are sort of in communion with God. And that seems to like, well, I, maybe not for everyone, but for me, like that takes intention out. Like, I don't just go and do something that I enjoy and just naturally, like that takes sort of active, mental, reflective effort to like bring God into that activity, if it's even possible for some of the activities that I enjoy, right? Um, like if I'm just sitting on the TV, sitting on the couch watching TV, I guess that I can bring God into that activity. But it's actually like really hard when you're also experiencing like a television show to like have both parts going on. I don't know. Well, that makes it that makes it unsabbathy to me. Watching TV? No, but trying to like if you're if you're trying to reflect. I mean, if we get the, if we get this deep into. Uh, what exactly to do on the yeah. Sabbath, then it's just the same as what the Quakers and Orthodox Jews and stuff are doing. They're, like, they're just creating rules for themselves. If, like, so then, we, then we'd have to say, we'd have to use the same whole like sundown, we have to like, be reflecting for 24 hours uh-huh. or whatever, 12 hours a day, which I don't think is the, the design of the Sabbath. So, I mean... Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I hear that we want to, but it's like, why, I guess one of my questions would be, why is it like all rules or no rules? Like all, like all the guides or none of the guides? So, so listen, so here's okay. Exodus 16. So here's God telling <clears throat> the Israelites, he says, he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. And then here's some kind of specific instructions. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil, save whatever is left, and keep it until the morning. So this is like in preparation for the Sabbath, kind of prepare your food Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to bake and you don't have to boil on the Sabbath. So it's in, in a sense, it's like your normal weekly activities of cooking and cleaning and doing whatever you need to do, somehow the Sabbath is a somehow a different day where you try not to do those things. Right, and you do other things. Now, what we're trying to get at is what are those other? Yeah, what are the other? What are those other things? And so there is some sense of like, don't do this, don't do this. But again, what do we fill that day with? Yeah, like what does that day actually look like? Can we actually prescribe to people? Here's what it here's what it should look like, or do we give like parameters? Like one of the things I told one of the people I met, I, I mentor is that he was asking me, what do you do on your Sabbath? And we were talking about that and he hadn't really been taking a Sabbath. And I told him, I said, you should do things that, that you enjoy. So we were talking about, what do you enjoy? He's like, well, I really love movies. And I was like, well, maybe you should see like a movie on your Sabbath. So he goes to a movie theater and he goes in the morning when it's like, not, it's not super crowded, it's cheaper. And he'll, sit in the movie theater by himself, which to some people that would be a terrible experience, mm-hmm. <laughs> but great. he enjoys it and he watches a movie and then he might go. So he loves that. That's been really refreshing for him. And then he'll go to like a restaurant and have like a great meal. And he said that this has been like really kind of life changing for him because he always thought that Sabbath was like, okay, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. But to turn it around and think, oh, the Sabbath is really about enjoyment and about resting and about um, playing, like Eugene Peterson is saying, 
So again, like, can we prescribe like, okay, Aaron, on your Sabbath, you need to go see a movie. <laughs> That's like, you may not enjoy that. So, so maybe for you, it's like, maybe you need to go on a mountain bike ride. I think, I think what you do on the Sabbath should be things that recreate you. Like it should be re- recreation for whatever is recreation to you. It's, it seems like so much of this though is so focused on you. And is, yes. this, is the Sabbath a day about you or is it a day about you in relationship to God? Is it a gift? I think it's a gift. Like it's just a day for you. <laughs> like here, Aaron, like you get a day. Like this is what God says. Like you get a day to do whatever you want, whether that includes me or not. That's, I think that's what I'm struggling with is like it so quickly becomes sort of or it can so easily become self-centered. Like knowing my own heart, like if I just say like, Oh, this is just a day for me and I get to enjoy it. Like God Me Day. God, yeah. I'm take you to me day. Like God quickly just becomes like shoved off to the side. And it feels like that's not necessarily the rhythm that we're being called into or invited into either. Many of us don't naturally think of our lives as constantly lived in relation to God, right? And so if Sabbath just becomes a free day, why would why would that day suddenly be a day where we start thinking about God if it's just I get to do whatever I want? Yeah. You know what I mean? That that's kind of more what I'm pushing. Not of course like in like theory and like spiritual theology like all of it's lived under God and like of course like your enjoyment falls well within God's desires for you. I guess my question is if Sabbath is to be like the renewing force that the Bible envisions is that sufficient? I'm curious about this. <laughs> I am too. Yeah, me too. Here's a, here's a, so maybe this last passage. So this is in the New Testament. Is Kevin Mark, around? Mark two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some of the heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read that David did when he, did you ever, sorry, let me say, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, ah! not man for the Sabbath. Mm. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Hey, Sabbath is for man. <laughs> Matt? And but then who is Lord of the Sabbath? Jesus. Yeah. So? So isn't that even immediately reorienting? Like, it's not just, it's not just a, here you go. It's something that's done under the Lordship of Christ. So I, what does that mean? Well, that's a good question. Well, I think so. Traditionally, this has meant your Sabbath is at least part of it is spent in church. So there's sure. worship, there's prayer, there's reflection, there's uh, praise, there's confession, uh, elements of worship. And then I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some traditions who spend kind of all day in that mode. I think as humans who are in need of recreation, that's sort of an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, like, it, I think gratitude for the Sabbath can naturally flow out of how we celebrate the Sabbath. And in my mind, that's a healthy kind of compromise. And maybe Sabbath is a no compromise situation, but that's just kind of how it feels to me. Like, it does feel, it's always, it hasn't always, but I've learned over the years to think of it as a gift as opposed to a commandment. Like, um, 
Mm. I know Kevin has kind of preached about this once in a while, but it's like if you, you don't, I think he says something like, you don't have to take a Sabbath, but why wouldn't you? Or something like that. Yeah, like, but you get like, to. But you get to, right. Well, so maybe, if you see it as an opportunity, I think that's maybe a healthy way to come about it. Maybe for this conversation, we kind of leave it open like this. I mean, I think our listeners get a sense from us that we're kind of brainstorming. We're kind of yeah, like totally. pulling on our own experiences. We pulled from a couple of quotes. We looked at some Bible passages. And maybe the maybe we're not going to come to any conclusions, but maybe we revisit this topic at some point. On the Sabbath. And the Sabbath. So maybe we actually... Well, not on the Sabbath. <laughs> this is too much like oh, work. No, this is, yeah, <laughs> right. Sorry. And uh, and then maybe we let our listeners kind of think, like maybe it can kind of spin and just kind yeah. of you think about it, ruminate on it, and then we'll come back and address it again. So our initial question was kind of, should you practice the Sabbath? Yeah. We didn't talk a lot about that, but it seems like there's something good well, about Aaron it. Well, Aaron kind of ended with like, yeah. should you? Well, you get to. Yeah. Like the word should is a really not the best word because you get to, it's a gift. Right. It's a, yes, it's a command, but it's also a, an invitation, a gift. The question is, what is it an invitation to? Ooh. I think I would like to add just one more thing real quick. And that, I, and that is that I think taking a Sabbath is um, not only a gift and something that I think is would people would benefit from if they, and, and I think it's a spiritual discipline and I don't think I'm necessarily very good at it, especially being someone who works on Sundays and then has other, yeah. you know, the rest of the family is kind of on a more regular schedule. So it's hard to maybe find days, but like people like uh, our very own pastor, Kevin Adams, he's had taken uh, Sabbath on Fridays and he's, I don't think it's always easy. I think there's always something tugging at his time, but he's, I think, found a way to admire this about him. He's intentional about it. It takes discipline. And it takes kind of a commitment that this is a day I'm not going to schedule things and I'm really going to work around this one day a week. And I think, so just for people out there who are kind of thinking about this or seeking it, uh, that it's a, a, it's a, a discipline. I don't think it's easy necessarily mm. to, to do well. So be heartened, all ye Sabbath seekers. Be heartened, you beagle pigs out there. <laughs> <laughs> so next time we're going to figure it out. Well, this we, time might, we, might question. Do a couple, we might go do a couple other topics and then we might come back to it. Okay. So look for Sabbath Talk Part 2. So you're saying we're going to give the Sabbath Talk a rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been another Curious Church Podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Thank you for being curious with us. <laughs> <laughs>